Welcome to Inside Stories. I'm Jen. And I'm Tequila. Today, we have the pleasure of having Megan here with us, who told a story at um, the last Madison Listen to Your Mother in 2017, who's actually so awesome at storytelling. She got to tell it where? at um, In Baton Rouge, Louisiana. All right. Yeah. Were you Were you living in Baton Rouge, or you just happened to... I was, okay. yeah, I was living in Baton Rouge, but uh, one of my friends posted the auditions on Facebook, who was in Madison, for some, I have no idea, it was really weird, but I was like, oh, that sounds like something I want to do, so, yeah, I awesome. got to do it there, too. You can do it twice. So. Yes, yeah. Excited to hear fun. your story again. Yeah. I know, I haven't, oh my gosh, I, I haven't even listened to it myself, because we got the recording, and so I didn't even, I was like, I didn't listen to it after I got it, so really? it's going to be interesting hearing it. Okay. Well, so again. I'll be interested to hear what you think because what we've heard from a lot of people after they sit with us here, which is a little awkward, and listen to the story, yeah. they're like, "Oh, that's better than I remember." So yeah. we'll, we'll we'll see what you think. <laughs> yeah. Born in a small town called Lackney in Floyd County, Texas, my mother was anything but a small town girl. She always had big dreams. She dreamed of becoming a CEO, a boss, a leader. Things like this would not come easily to her and sometimes her dreams seemed too big for her small town. My mother was born into poverty. Her parents were Mexican-American migrant farm workers who worked long hours for little pay. She would soon join them in the fields, picking fruits and vegetables, fingers laced with pesticides and sweat filling her brow. Eventually, she would have a total of seven siblings, five brothers and two sisters. I think this is where motherhood started for my mother. Although she had not borne any children of her own yet, it became her responsibility to look after her family. My mother's family moved several times throughout her childhood. As migrant farm workers, they would need to pick up and move as soon as there was work. My grandparents eventually settled in Wisconsin. After working for years as farm workers, they were able to open up a small Mexican restaurant that would make their dream a reality, something they owned for themselves somewhere where they could be their own bosses. This new venture proved to be time-consuming and left little time to focus on family. My mother worked as a waitress, bus girl, dishwasher, and cook at the restaurant, along with all of her siblings. All the while, she was still going to school and making sure all of her brothers and sisters were taken care of. I imagine her getting them all ready for school in the morning, making sure they were dressed and had their school bags, making them breakfast and walking them to school all of them following her in a line like little baby ducks. In all of the chaos that ensued when you are responsible for seven people, I always wonder how my mother kept a hold of her dreams. But I guess that's just it. I had to ask myself, how could she not keep a hold of her dreams? My mother has always had an admirable determination. Anything she put her mind to, she could do. And she worked to make life better for seven other people, not just herself. She got this determination from my grandmother, my grandmother fought tirelessly for farm workers' rights in Wisconsin and brought the injustices that many of them faced to light. She was chosen to represent farm workers at many political events and rallies. She gave a voice to people who had felt as though they had none. My mother fell in love with a man when she was just 18 years old. They had their first child two years later, and once again, my mother's dreams were put on hold. My mother worked so hard to ensure that our family was always taken care of, and she always wanted us to have big hopes and dreams. While my mother was still pregnant with me, she was going back to school at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. It was her last semester, and she was honored as an outstanding returning student. My mother walked across the graduation stage eight months pregnant with me. 
She obtained her degree in economics and later obtained her MBA. I guess you can say that I was destined to attend the same university, and I did. My two beautiful older sisters attended as well. My mother raised three strong Latino women who know their roots and know that anything is possible. She showed us this every day. These two strong women molded me into the woman and mother I am today. My son is just shy of his second birthday, but I already try to teach him compassion and understanding. I will teach him to stand up for what he believes is right and to give voice to those who do not have one. I will teach him that he truly stands on the shoulders of giants and that we lift him up to be the best person he can be. This lesson has been taught to many generations, and my biggest wish is for him to carry it on and teach it for generations to come. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, quick note, that was the one that you did in Baton Rouge. We don't have audio for the one that's in Madison because we just got him on disc. But I think that was good timing for that because it reminded me of the story you told about your son. And I can see where that love comes from um, when you talk about your mom and, you know, some things happened with your mom recently. So mm -hmm. it's a very good, probably a good moment for you to reflect. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I just thinking of where I am now, I mean... She is such an inspiration to myself, but um, in her death, I just, so many people came to us and said that just things that she had done for them that we didn't even know. And, um, you know, it feels, she has little parts in so many things in Madison that I think are so cool. So, um, I mean, it all just came rushing back to me, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was, it's, it was timely, just like you said. I mm -hmm. think it really was timely. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I like about your story is I feel like it really honors the, the impact one person can have in a family for generations, you know, so whoever is in the family that, you know, flees one country and comes to another, you know, or the first person in the family to go to college or whatever, like the, the, imp the ripple effect that has, you know, down the line, you know, that, so it affects you, it's going to affect your son. And, and so anyway, so I really, I liked how you really conveyed that, you know, in your story. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, she was the first and the only of her siblings to go to college. So, um, they always talked about how, you know, they admired her and want their children to, you know, look at her as the example. And they all really truly did. So, yeah, it, she was a very phenomenal, phenomenal woman. So tell us a little bit more about this restaurant. So she yeah. opened a restaurant in Madison? Yes. Uh, well, it's in Middle. it was in Middleton. Okay. So it was called Lupe's, and it was named after my father. Okay. Um, they, but they fought over the name for <laughs> I don't even know how long. And I was, so, so who wanted yeah. it to be? Did he want it to be named no, Lupe? No, okay. my dad did not want okay. the restaurant to be named after him. <laughs> He's totally like, no, no way. We got to do something else, something, you know, more unique. Um, but, you know, my mom was like, no, 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 it needs to be, you're the one who's cooking it, you know, you're the one who's going to be cooking and you're going to be doing this. So it has to be named after you. And finally, you know, she won and, um, it was, it, she didn't really win because the lawyers came to them and said, okay, we need a name. And then my mom was just like, okay, it's Lupe's, you know, and then my dad had no say. So uh, too late after that yeah, point. It was totally too late. So he was like, all right, all right. But I mean, he really became a staple in the restaurant anyway. Everyone came to see my dad, see Lupe. And my mom, you know, um, made her cakes, these famous cakes that all I would post on next door, which is so funny. If you know that app next door where you can tell yeah. your neighbors, yeah. I actually lived above the restaurant for two years. So I lived in the apartments 
that were above my parents' restaurant in Middleton. And so I would post on next door like, oh, San Juana has her cakes now. And, and they would be gone. Right. Like the slices of cakes would be gone because the people would see it and they would come eat it. And then finally next door shut us down. <laughs> I was like, come on. They're like, you can't post about businesses. You know, it's only about neighborhood stuff. And I was like, this so, is a neighborhood well, yeah, stuff. Exactly. And exactly. So I was so mad at them. I wrote them that an smart, angry though. email. <laughs> yeah. So, Look at you hustling. Right? I was trying to hustle for them. So, yeah, that that was so funny to me. But, yeah, I know. So we had to do it the old-fashioned way. I don't know. Uh, you know, we didn't really – we just used word of mouth after that because people right. had eaten them so much they just started telling everybody else about it. So right. it worked out. Right. <laughs> yeah. So what was your inspiration behind it? For those that don't know about Listen to Your yeah. Mother, it is um, the show that kind of celebrates motherhood. So yeah. obviously that's a part of it. But you kind of wrote a little homage and a um, letter to your mother. So mm-hmm. what kind of was the inspiration? Because you could have probably wrote about anything yeah, and you decided I, to go that route. Um, so I had um, I was at a weird crossroads in my life because I um, I was actually put on academic probation and I was kicked out of UW-Madison the first time. So um, I met my then fiancé, now husband, um, and he got into Teach for America. And so he left to go back home to Baton Rouge. And so I was my parents packed us up, um, you know, with me not having finished school. And my mom was really disappointed. But, you know, I was pregnant. It was such a weird story. I mean, I'm go- I feel like I'm going all over the place right now, but oh, I was no. pregnant. Yeah. I got kicked out of school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like I was leaving to go out of state and my parents picked us up and, um, and drove me all the way to Baton Rouge with my six week old son. So we could go live, um, live there while he was in, while my, fiance then now husband was in teach for america um and i was in a really reflective time in my life i was a stay-at-home mom the whole time i lived in baton rouge and i was you know i saw this opportunity as uh like a love like a homage to her like a letter to her to let her know how much she inspired me um and so i you know because she was really disappointed but she was also so supportive at the Mm -hmm. same time and so I, i i used the opportunity because i was just a new mom and so I felt like I didn't know enough quite about motherhood to write about myself as a mother. Right. But I wanted to write about her because of all of the, you know, inspiration that she had given me throughout my whole life. Um, so it really was, you know, for her to know that I, you know, I love her so much and I really appreciate her. Because at that time in my life, I didn't really ever tell her that mm-hmm. all the time. She knew, but I, you know, I wasn't, I felt like I wasn't telling her enough. So right. I wanted her to know. Um, unfortunately, she couldn't be there for the show, but it was on YouTube, so she right. watched she it. Got and, to see it. Yeah, yeah, she got to see it, so that was really nice. Well, one of the things that you know I, I'm always sort of impressed by when you talked about you know you sort of described your mom's life and how she was able to sort of hold on to her dreams and sort of keep working towards them, even though she was helping to raise her siblings and then she was raising her own kids, and it's like, you know. Who has sort of the, I don't know, the drive and the tenacity to do that? And, you know, from what I know about you and how you've continued with your education and now the job you have, and I would say Tequila too, you as well. Like, I mean, it's people who, you know, are very tired, you know, have children to raise and, and still manage to achieve things, yeah. great things. And so um, maybe if you could tell people a little bit about where you are right now with yeah. your job, you have this really kind of exciting, impressive job. Yeah, it's, um, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> it, it's amazing and amazing opportunity and um 
you know, I really have to plug our executive director, Justice Castaneda, right now because he's the one who really saw, you know, something in me because I was just doing direct service. I shouldn't say just. I mean, I, I'm a social worker, and that's what I like to call myself. You know, I'm in. I'm not currently in the master's program, but I was in the master's social work program, um, and so you know, I I see myself as someone who always wanted to make a large, like a larger impact. And so I was doing like the day-to-day work and I knew that I wanted to do something different. And so when this position opened up, I knew that, you know, that could really, you know, make an even larger impact on a greater scale. And so I came to Justice and I said, I really, really want this position. So the position is um, the Director of Economic Development at Commonwealth Development, which is a um, community um, and economic development organization that was started over oh, 40 years ago. This is our 40th anniversary, which is really exciting. Yeah, mm-hmm. And we're at this uh, weird crossroads um, right now where, you know, we're trying to get more development projects off of the ground. We're trying to, you know, identify um, how we can fit a lot of the needs in Madison. I mean, there's the disparities are so great. Mm-hmm. And so um, I feel, I just feel so grateful that I was given this opportunity, you know, so I'm, I'm, running our business incubator, small business incubators, our uh, youth workforce development, and our adult workforce development, you know, every day. So I oversee those three umbrellas of work, um, which, you know, they, historically, they weren't being synergized, right? Those things can go hand in hand. Um, But, you know, we weren't tapping into that potential. So now it's my job to kind of do the greater visioning of how can we, you know, help adults transitioning in the workforce, help youth in the workforce, and then also help small business owners, um, which is a huge part of economic development. So, um, yeah, I'm so excited. I love this work. It's an it's amazing work, and um, as a lot of people know, Justice is now a candidate. Yeah, yeah, one of three for right? the yes, one of three candidates, a finalist. So, um, it's, I'll, but, yeah. so it's it's the head, the city's the city's economic development, economic development yeah. head. So of community um, community development, economic and planning. So yeah. a lot of I mean the affordable housing, everything under that umbrella of work. So that's really really exciting, exciting. for us as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I gotta deflect and make it about someone else. Yeah. It's like you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No one yeah. be too humble. Yeah, I know. Know. <laughs> um, so one of the things that we ask people is, um, how do you use storytelling in your life or in your work? So that's our question. Yeah. Um, so storytelling for me really started um, with this "Listen to Your Mother" project. So I did this. Um, I think my first year being in Baton Rouge. I'm pretty sure. Um, it could have been my second year, but, um, I kind of use this as a jumping off point because I, I had done theater in the past. Um, I, the, I did playwright, you know, I, I did writing plays and, um, acting and things like that. I went to, um, a theater conservatory in New York city, um, for a summer. And so, um, I use that, um, to talk about my mother, but then, um, the biggest thing for me was um, how can I use storytelling to make a, an, an impact in the in my community. Um, so I what what was interesting was that I feel like you've seen this, Jen, um, in my the way that I write academic papers. So that's what I I, I kind of um, refer to uh, Matthew Desmond who wrote Evicted. I think he's an excellent storyteller. Um, and sociologist. So I'm also a sociologist and um, I like to use that and how can we make um, policy impact? Um, Because I think that's a huge component. They even have workshops on like, you know, uh, storytelling and policy impact. And that's kind of how I want to use storytelling, especially in the work that I do. 
Um, and so I kind of used uh, that to, you know, be the drive for me to go back to school. Um, and then when I came back to school, I use I try to use a lot of storytelling in my academic papers. And now I want to use it to make a kind of a larger policy impact, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I fully agree with you. Mm-hmm. I know I definitely spend time thinking about and um, like, how do you tell what's the policy behind the story? Yeah. You know, or what's the policy? I mean, what's the story behind the policy? Mm-hmm. What's the story behind the data points? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's just a much more like, engaging way to talk about something. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. And one of the things I will say about you, and even from listening to your mother days, it was just kind of like, you're one of those people that's like, I can't wait to see what she does with the world. Because yeah. she's, she's yeah. got some fire brewing in there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's, it's kind of exciting to kind of see your little evolution from oh, afar. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, good thank job. You. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm out here. We're all out here. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm out here. <laughs> trying to make it, yeah. Um, so, other question that we ask is, what is one of your favorite things to do in Madison? Oh, um, favorite things to do in Madison? Uh, eat. <laughs> so, when my husband and I can get out, we like to just discover new food because... Um, in Baton Rouge, it was a plenty, and there was so many places to eat, like catfish and hush puppies and um, crawfish, like everything. And so now we're trying, we're like, what is, you know, what's in Madison that we can mm-hmm. eat? So um, I'm trying to think, what is our favorite place right now? Hmm, we love Tornado Steakhouse, and we don't get there too often because it's like, bougie and we're like bougie on the budget so we gotta like buy our own steak and make it you know but um that's where we like to go the most for the late night menu there Mm -hmm. it's so good so i'd say that's probably our favorite thing to do is like eat yeah when you got money yeah right (laughs) when you got when that direct deposit hits (laughs) before the bills yeah yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) okay um well thanks so much for coming in and uh, letting us um you know play one of your stories and talk about it Definitely. Thank Thanks you for so sharing much. your mom's memories with us. Of course. Thank you so much. Yeah, it, it feels good to be able to, you know, talk about her and her story because she was a very important figure in Madison and in the world, I'd say. So, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So now we're going to do something a little different. And Charlotte is here with us. She works at Mystery to Me Bookstore. And um, I met Charlotte because she came to the Moth and told a story. And so she's here to give some book recommendations because if you're listening to this mid-November, we're getting close to um, the days everyone goes shopping to get their holiday gifts. So <laughs> this is like the time to hear some book recommendations. Plus you need books all year round. So, I That's mean, so why not go visit them and pick something up at least once or twice a month? Yeah, you it's know? like intellectual grocery shopping. you exactly. got to keep like the pantry that. stocked. Yeah, yeah, so I don't feel so bad about my Amazon package on the way right now with books. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa. But shop local, everybody. Yeah. Well, these books weren't available anywhere locally because right, right, I'm a weirdo right, right. sometimes. I mean, a quick plug for mystery to me. If you can't find it and it's not on the shelf, we will order it. Oh, that's good I'll to know. forgive you because I'm on your show. I'm okay. on your turf here. Um, So yeah, so why don't you tell us uh, some recommendations? Sure. Well, I'm going to do a recommendation from each sort of age group because we have we do it all. Even though we have a really specific name, we don't just do mystery books. Um, Although we're sort of partial to mysterious stories, Jane particularly is always good for a mystery recommendation. So we'll start with little babies, picture books. Uh, This recommendation comes from our children's sort of expert. Her name's Hannah. She's the best. I don't think there's a book she's not read. 
for kids. Her favorite picture book right now is called The Proper Way to Meet a Hedgehog, which is as funny as it sounds. And she recommends it for kids who like a funny bedtime story before uh, bed for lots of laughs. Um, It's not just about hedgehogs. It's kind of absurd scenarios and how you would comport yourself as a young person in them. Um, It's a really sweet book. So that's a good one for little kids. Um, Early readers or burgeoning independent readers, we call that middle grade or intermediate in the book world, in the book biz. Um, The staff favorite right now for that age group is called Disaster Days uh, by a local author named Rebecca Behrens, or she hails from the Madison area. I actually don't remember where she is now. New York, maybe. Um, it's great for both boys and girls and everyone in between and outside of that binary, I suppose, because um, it's a survival story, which I know I would have loved when I was 12 years old and was sick of reading Jack London. And like, I never got into Julie, and the Wol- in Julie of the Wolves, but this one's great. It's about a babysitter who uh, an earthquake strikes in the middle of her babysitting gig, and she has to prepare for or react to the disaster. And I won't say more than that. Um, For young adult, we have a great book called We Walked the Sky, which is about joining the circus. And uh, at its core is really about how to how to leave your hometown when you're itching to get out of your hometown, which maybe people can relate to that. I don't know. I can't speak for everyone. Um, And for fiction, There's a new book by Emma Donahue who wrote Room, if you know that book, Mm -hmm. called Akin, which is about estranged men in a family. They reunite in, I think, the French Riviera or something. Um, It's a sort of an epic, a small epic, and it's just like beautifully, lushly written. Come on in the store. Jane will tell you more about it. That's her pick. Um, And for nonfiction, for all you true crime fans out there, but who aren't into gore or anything like that, my pick for this is... A book called My Friend Anna, which is about mm. a con artist, true story about a con artist woman. She scammed lots of people, lots of her quote unquote friends out of millions of dollars recently. She just um, was just just a trial, I think, a year ago or something. And just the best, the most delicious detail is that she had a personal stylist that she couldn't pay for her trial, which (laughs) is a fun teaser for the whole book. So check that one out for sure. Um, Well, thanks for the recommendations. And I just want to take a a minute to just like give a little shout out to Mystery to Me Bookstore. Mm -hmm. So first of all, you know, big fan of local businesses in general. Um, But Mystery to Me, I've I think you guys do a great job of supporting local authors. You know, I published a book last, (laughs) last year, you know, I'm not a famous person. I didn't have like, you know, a big sort of publicist, you know, out there or whatever. And mystery to me, they didn't know who I was, but they let me have a book event there. And, um, and it was lovely and, you know, it was just sort of very generous. And so I feel like the thing that, you know, bookstores like mystery to me and rumor one's own does is like they dig in locally and Mm -hmm. the community is just better off for it. So Totally. So, right. Our pleasure. So uh, don't wait for your Amazon package and go. <laughs> unless you buy old textbooks that you yeah. read for fun. Right. Unless, like, <laughs> right. unless you're so idiosyncratic that like no one else has this book um, and they need to ship it in from some someone in England somewhere or something. But, I don't know where it's coming from. But, um, but yeah, like please like go check out Mystery to Me. You know, they survived the Monona Street construction, which is amazing. Monona and, Street, um, yeah. Monona what Street. did I say? Monona. Oh, okay. Well, it's okay. It's, Thank you. They, we're across from Trader Joe's. <laughs> Uh, they survived that, and that's not an easy thing to survive when you're a small business. So come check them out. Definitely. Yeah. 
And if none of those hit your fancy, we we tailor make all of our suggestions to whoever walks in. So we're happy to do it all the time. It's our job. Great. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, I'm super excited we got to do book recommendations right now, especially as someone who um, is obsessed with just different kinds of books. I'm very happy we got to have a local bookstore in here. I feel bad, you know, mentioning Amazon, but... I mean, it is true if, you, if you're getting something really, like, niche and weird, you know. But, but I have to say, I'm just going to... I'm going to take advantage of having the microphone right now and just add that while you're thinking about what books to buy, you might want to buy mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was... Awesome. And she never does self-promotion. Yeah. So this is a big deal. Yeah. And they sell it mystery to me. So let me just tell you, my book is called um, We Are Staying, 80 Years in the Life of a Family, a Store, and a Neighborhood. So in addition to those recommendations, here's another one. Yeah. Perfect recommendation. Thank you. And this actually, you know, gives us an easy transition back to Megan's story because I did love the learning about the small business that her family owned, that it owned a restaurant. And, you know, ha- having grown up in a small business that didn't have cakes and really mm-hmm. tasty food, it would have been pretty cool to grow up in a business where I could sort of eat my way through the day too. So right. and have all those memories of your parents and like she said, living upstairs from the the restaurant. So that was a really nice story to share, especially at this time for her mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um so just we've once again reached the end of the podcast and um I wanna we just have some, you know, nitty gritty details that we like to share. <laughs> so uh um First of all, thanks for listening. Um, I, we, we both really appreciate everyone listening. And, um, you know, tell everyone you know so more people will listen. Exactly. And we feel like little famous stars when we're walking around. They're like, hey, we love your podcast. So, uh, yeah, keep on making me feel good and blowing my head up. Um, so we'd love to hear from you. So our email address is inside stories podcast at gmail.com. And for all you Facebook people, we're on Facebook. And yes. I think it's Inside Stories. podcast i think on facebook or go to one of our pages and you'll find it yeah and uh i don't know what else we say thanks to richard for the music and the studio space and all his fabulous editing skills and he's actually also our photographer yes he is (laughs) yes add that to his um yeah his repertoire yeah yeah and um you know let us know if you have stories that you think should be featured on this podcast or if you're interested in having us come and do a storytelling workshop And um, I think that's it. That's it. Thanks for listening. All right. See you next week.